Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran, hey Kieran. Now I know last episode, the original episode we did about this movie, I did a few spoilers. So oh, today I'm going to do the same thing. I think it's only fair. Okay. So here we go. He didn't steal the food. He did steal the food. The radio always dies and the woman moved on. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show uh, because that is a spoiler. I don't think a fair few of those were accurate, but yeah, that was a, a handful of spoilers. Because if you're not familiar, what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible just based on that promotional material. And then, quite like we're doing in this episode, we eventually watch the movie and see how close we got to actually predicting the plot. And it's spoiler day! Yep. We're going to dive into the plot of Love and Monsters and see how close both Maddie D and I got to actually predicting it. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this one. I don't know how you feel, Maddie D. Very excited. And I think it's just important to say up the top as well that this isn't necessarily a review of Love and Monsters. So if you haven't seen the movie, we're not going to go over it beat by beat and say everything that happened in the movie. We're only going to relate what we said originally to what actually happened in the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, please watch that first if you want to, because we are going to spoil a few key elements of that plot. And if you haven't listened to our original episode as well, which we did all the way back in 2020, please listen to that first as well, because it was a great episode, if you ask me, if I do say so myself. (laughs) And we're only going to make references to the stuff that we talked about in that episode. And you'll be missing out, like I said, if you don't listen to that episode first. So let's get into it. Love and Monsters. This is the companion piece for that episode. Absolutely. You can't have one without the other. It's like, oh, I love don't know. Love and marriage. <laughs> it's like love and monsters. You can't have love without a couple of monsters. So, Maddie D, how much do you think that Love and Monsters made in the worldwide box office, given that it was released directly to Netflix? Mind you, it did have a limited theatrical run in the US and Canada, I think. Okay. All right. Well, that makes a difference. What was its budget? It had a budget of $30 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm going to guess 60. No, I'm going to guess $75 million. It made $75 million in the middle of a pandemic, you're saying, mm-hmm. with a budget of $30 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're completely way off, Matty D, because it made a total of one point one. Million dollars oh, theatrically. That's but that's not good. It doesn't matter because Netflix already paid for it. So it was Paramount who made the movie originally. Netflix bought it from them to release on their streaming services. So Paramount got paid either way. It doesn't matter that they didn't make the money back, but they, they got paid for it. So Netflix would have paid more than the budget anyway. Suckers. Yeah, exactly. But Netflix can afford it. But Netflix uh, said it was at the time it was the most streamed movie on their platform when they released it. So that's that's a positive for them. And I think it got a lot of good buzz. In fact, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Any guesses what category Academy Award it was nominated for? Okay. Well, obviously, like, my thinking is best special effects, but I I don't I'm okay. not seeing anything here that the special effects were that impressive. So I'm going to guess best supporting actor. Best supporting actor. Yep. In uh, Amy. Yep. Or, or, or... Oh, the dog. The dog. Yeah, okay. Best supporting actor. The dog. <laughs> it was actually two different dogs. That I believe played, that dog. Uh, that dog took me on a journey. I yeah, was, I was it did crying. a great job looking at the monsters that it was supposed to look at. I like to imagine they had like a ball on a stick that they were waving around that the dog was being distracted no, by. No, th- I hear the dog is a method actor and the dog is completely in character on set. Yeah, that's right. It actually he's, believes the monsters He's sending are there. condoms to his cast members. Yeah, and, that's used condoms. They have to call him boy on set, otherwise he throws a hissy fit. Yeah, exactly. And he spends, he spends 40 minutes going to the toilet because he insists on being crippled even though he's not crippled in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, you should have stuck to your first guess because it actually was nominated for Best Visual Effects, which it lost to Tenet. So Tenet, that's fair. That's Tenet a ended up Tenet ended up winning that category. So yeah, there's said, fair no enough. there's no shame in losing to Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? There's no shame in losing. Yeah, to the that's best. true. Yeah, well, Tenet. Say what you will about the movie, and we've said a lot about that movie. This, there was nothing wrong with the special effects in that movie no. at all. And I don't think this movie holds a candle to the visual effects in Tenet. So let's get into it. But before we do, Maddie D, would you care to explain the point system for everyone who may not be familiar? Yeah, absolutely. Much like survivalists in a post-apocalyptic world, we're or just trying survivors. To, we're I don't trying- know why you keep calling them survivalists. <laughs> like survivors, like people at the end of the world that are trying to figure out how to survive and just cataloging all the things in their world, like like yeah. what I'm. The toenails, yeah. Yeah, the toenails, the monsters, whatever. We we rate everything we did in the previous episode. So what will happen is, well, what has happened is I take a look at what Kieran said in his original prediction. I break down everything he said and then I grade it. I give him... Two points if he said something that didn't appear in any promotional material, mm-hmm. if his imagination it was just a good, solid co- guess. cocked at something that was actually in the movie, and we go, whoa, how'd you guess that, Kieran? Two points. Congratulations. 
But if he guessed something that's in the trailer or in the promotional material, that's good, Kieran. Well done. I give you one point. Mm. You're happy with that. If you're kind of on the right track, you said something that's not quite right, but you know it's it's worth something. We give we give each other half a point for that. Yeah. And if you didn't get something right at all, that's zero points. And we calculated all that up. I give Kieran his points. He does the same thing with totals, my plot. Yep. yep. The totals, and we we see definitively who got closer to the plot. That's exactly right. And I believe I went first, so should we dive straight into what I said? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, my coffee's hitting right now, so I'm on a high. Wow. We're going to steamroll through that this. that line of coke you did too as well. Oh, man, that line of coke. And that pill you put up your back passage. <laughs> well, that's for later. That's because I'm selling, you know what I mean? Boy's okay. got to hustle. Oh, okay. All right. Just drinking on the audio waves there. So well done. How professional can we get? All right, let's go straight into your plot. So, first thing you said is it starts with narration. Well done, it does. It mm-hmm. does start with narration. You said that the narration is Joel explaining uh, what life was like before what he calls the monster apocalypse. I think you mentioned that in your in your prediction. Yep, you that's called right. it that. They call it that in the movie. So, I'll give you a point because it's pretty much what we see in the trailer, but it does. that's how uh, it is. Open. Yeah, I guess so. It, is, it does open with narration. Yeah, that's in the true. Trailer. It, it does, does. It does open with him explaining, you know, well beforehand. But it's absolutely right. That is what happened in the movie. Now, you said that we would see Joel and Amy smooching in a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel draws Amy a, a portrait of herself yep. and, and hands it to her. Uh, I give you two points here because I don't remember seeing the picture, but you know they're in the car, they're smooching and whatever. That, that does appear in the trailer, I do believe. Yeah, I do believe we do see the picture in the trailer because I remember pointing out in that original episode that uh, Amy says that she looks like she has a beard. So, how would I know that if I didn't see that in the trailer? Oh, are they kissing in the trailer? Certainly are. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm being too generous. Maybe that's just one. Well, point no, that's here. two single points. Oh, one well. for the kissing, one for the the drawing. Yeah. Okay. We'll 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 stand it at two points. Next thing you said is you said a meteor hits at this point. A meteor does hit. Um, oh, it's already hit at this point. Yeah. Actually, no. The meteor never hit. It, it was blown up in space. Yeah. Yep. So the meteor never made it to Earth. Yeah. But I give you a point because I mean it's, it's close enough for me. A meteor comes down to Earth. No, it doesn't. So well, sorry, the okay. chemicals let's, let's, from let's, the rockets. Let's break it down. Yeah. They blow up the meteor. The chemicals from the the meteor on the rockets come down. It infects the life of of, of Earth. Cold blooded animals and insects and fish yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And causes them to grow. So, when uh, Amy and Joel are kissing in the car, that's when everything kicks off because their town, is it called Fairfield? It is called Fairfield. Their town of Fairfield is the ground zero of the whole Mm -hmm. monster Mm -hmm. sort of apocalypse. Yeah, it's starting to happen a bit before that, but yeah, that that they're the kind of their their town is the kind of um, catalyst. Catalyst. Point. Yeah, point. that's right. Yes, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with the point. It's close enough. I know the meteor doesn't hit, but like this is where things start to happen. Yeah, that's, that's right. what you're kind of saying in your prediction. Now you said that Amy and Joel will split up, each going to their own families, and Joel promises to come back to Amy. I'll give you a point. That's in the trailer. That does mm-hmm. happen. So far, so good. You're predicting everything, but everything you said is in the trailer as yeah. well. Um, now you. Well, that's s- a good foundation. Great foundation. Now you said that. Uh, you thought we would see Joel's car getting crushed by a tree. Uh, well, Joel- no, his parents' car. Yes. Well, you know, the family car. That's right. Um, and Joel's able to survive and his family, like, dies at That's this right. point. Now, we do because see they this- get crushed by a monster, I said. Yes, yes. Now, we do see that this happens later on in the movie. It uh, doesn't happen at this point, but I no. do give you points because his parents do die. That's right. They are crushed by a monster. Mm-hmm. And their car is pinned by a tree yeah. beforehand. Yeah. yeah. It's not something we see here. It, it kind of- the- It happens exactly 13 minutes into the movie, Matty B. <laughs> oh, does it? Yep. I actually looked it up. <laughs> really? Yep. It, but it's a flashback, right? That's right. It is a flashback. Yeah, because uh, I guess you were thinking you would see everything before. Sequentially, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't happen quite that way. It kind of flashes back and forth a little bit. Still get three points overall for that. Yeah. You said that Joel is dragged away clutching a chandelier. Congratulations, one point. That's in the trailer. Yep. So they jump forward seven years and Joel explains that the human population is lessened. I think that's pretty obvious, but that's true. I give you a point for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that Joel has everything he needs in an underground bunker that he is living in. I give you yep. a point. We see that in the trailer. That's very much the case in the movie. He does have everything he needs. I hope you included the fact that I said that he'll have the chandelier hanging up in his bunker. Yes, I do. I'm getting oh, to that perfect. point. I'm getting to that point. So uh, you mentioned that they have a cow that they use for milk, which I give you a point for. Mm-hmm. And you said that they hang up the chandelier, which I give you two yep. points for. Um, and you also said that Joel has a ham radio that he puts a call out every day because he's trying to find Amy. Yep. Uh, and he has a photo of Amy up. I give you two sets of one points there. Uh, you said that he's just about to give up and finally he hears Amy over the radio, a point because that does happen. It no, does- it doesn't. That doesn't happen at all in the movie. 
Explain. So, he had already established contact with Amy in the movie, and the first time we see him use the ham radio in the movie, he's calling up Amy's colony, he gets somebody else who goes off to fetch Amy for him. So, we don't see them connect for the first time at all in Hang the movie. Hang on a second, because I remember that he's calling, he's on the ham radio, he mm-hmm. goes, hey Amy, I, you know, I'm so glad I reached you. I certainly haven't been trying all these colonies, all these like radio waves. And yeah. we see a list of all the that's places right. he's tried and he's crossed it yeah. off. And then he goes, no, just joking. I've actually been trying to contact you for a while. And she's like, Yeah, that's really? right. But they've already established contact at this point. So later on in the movie, Amy says that they were chatting for a couple of weeks before Joel actually left to go find her. Oh, Okay, that makes sense because he... But the way they show it in the trailer, they actually lie in the trailer. In the trailer, it makes it look like they're connecting for the first time because they use the audio from when Joel has left and contacts Amy while he's travelling to her instead of the audio that they actually use in the movie. That makes sense because he already has a relationship with the old woman. That's right. In the in the Correct. You know what? I think I know it's not the first time they've spoken to each other, but it's so early. Like, it's only like, what'd you say, like a few weeks? Weeks, yeah. I think think it still deserves a point. Okay. That's up to you. I think that still deserves a point. I mean, it's very early on, and he has been trying to reach her, and he has finally just reached her in the matter of a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not robbing you. Given that it's been seven years, what's a few weeks? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's like a, a couple of seconds. Now, you said there'd be other survivors living with him. I give you two points. Mm-hmm. That was something that was debatable in the trailer. It looked sometimes like yeah. they weren't. It looked sometimes like they were, and I'm- it very hard, happy. It was for hard it. to tell that he did live with other survivors. Yep. Very happy because you um denied about that and you decided that you yeah, know, that's right. Because you were like, oh, I see those survivors that are on the outside, and I don't know whether he's living by himself or whether he's living with survivors or other people like a colony. And mm. you went with the colony, and that you're that's better right. off for it. Now you said that Amy tells Joel where her colony is and says it's about mm. 85 kilometers well, away. Well, he already knows at this point he's got yeah. a circle on a map. Yep, yep, yep. I can't remember how far it is away, but anyway, one 85, point because 85 miles because he does know. Yeah. Which apparently takes seven days to walk to. <laughs> yes. yes. And even though he dawdles, he still makes it in seven days. He's a fast walker. He has pace. He's they must have made it up. foot something. traffic. Yeah, exactly. They must have ridden on the back of that snail at one point. <laughs> uh, in, your, in your prediction, you thought that, you know, he would get his essentials and he would decide at this point to head out. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit more for him to kind of get to that point in the actual right, movie. Yeah. Now, in the movie... The what sparks him is that there's um the colony is breached. The Their colony bunker is, breached. is breached. Yeah, and one of the survivors gets killed. Yeah, ironically, the survivor gets killed, and the the wife of the survivor or the partner of the survivor is sort of left uh, with a baby, and then Joel realizes that you know he he might die at any point and not have this sort of experience that everyone else in his bunkers had. Mm, yeah, which is why he wants to leave because everyone's coupled up in the in the bunker. And yeah, he, and he. I guess the the idea is he feels he, he's missing out, but I that that point me like makes him feel like oh you know I I only live once you know I that's I, right you know, I've I've got this one chance so that's what sort of inspires him in your prediction and it's a pretty easy prediction to make you thought that he would hear Amy and then be like that's it I'm gonna yeah. go find I'm gonna go find my girl he's driven by the power of his libido is <laughs> what I said <laughs> essentially <laughs> now you said that using his erection as a compass I <laughs> that's believe right you did quote. say that uh, which wasn't in the movie surprisingly now, no. he said his bunker buddies would help him out but say it's dangerous they wouldn't believe that he'd be able to do it which is true I give you points mm-hmm. for that and then they said the best advice we can give to you Joel is to run and hide mm, yeah kind of they They're, do say that they yeah. do say that but they give him enough stuff to kind of aid him as best as they can. Uh, you thought that- Well, they give him a map. That's it. Uh, he already had his own crossbow because he was practicing. Yeah, he does, have, he does have his own crossbow. They give him advice. They give him, like, they yeah, tell him- They tell him yeah. to run and hide, Yep, which is what I said. Yep. And yep. they give him a map. Yep, yep, yep. Now, in the movie, what actually happens is, as you said, the the monster um, a monster breaches the colony. That's what mm-hmm. sparks this whole off. You kind of got it the other way around. In your prediction, you thought yeah. that he would leave the colony- And leave the door open. <laughs> leave the door open. A monster would come in, kill members of the colony- and Joel would feel guilty about that. And I don't know if you thought that he would be shunned by the colony or if he was just like, this just... Uh. Well, I was essentially setting up that he'd have nothing to go back to. So, he right. has to leave and, you know, there's no turning back now because right. everything that he knew at the colony has been destroyed. Yeah, it doesn't quite happen that way, but I do give yeah, you points happen. because there is a monster that comes into the colony and, and it does kill his friends yeah. or kill... So, what, half one, a point worthy? One of his friends, yeah. So, I'll give you half a point for that. And it's not his fault. And it's not his fault. And that's the important thing. Um, but what's important about that scene is it shows that Joel 
when when he's faced the monster, he freezes and he's not able That's to right. like shoot with his. I think he has his crossbow at this stage. He but, does, yeah. Uh, he, he's not able to kill the monster because he just freezes. He closes his eyes and doesn't move, and the monster yeah. goes to eat him. Yeah, but then yeah. he's rescued at the yeah. last second by so the skin of his teeth. There, yeah, by another colony member. So there is a sense that he feels guilty that he's not able to be more helpful and you know right. save the day and save his friends. But it's certainly not his fault that his friend was killed. Yeah, still half a point. Now, you said that in, in your plot, when all this happens, uh, Joel escapes the monster and heads to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't escape. He leaves of his own accord, but yep. he does go to the surface. I give you a point because that, you know, he does go to the surface. So, it's <laughs> a pretty generous point there. Yeah. And, and at this point in the episode, you said that, uh, you said, I see him with uh, members of his colony outside walking around and I'm going to yeah. pretend- that I, I didn't, didn't see, see that. that. Yeah. And you know what? That turned out to be the case in the movie. So much so, I know it's not technically a prediction, but I'm going to give you a point for that because- oh, it's a bonus uh, point. Yeah, a little bonus point. I actually point. gave you a fair few bonus <laughs> points as well because there was some stuff there, some interesting stuff you said. But in that episode, to that point, yeah. I did say, look, I know it's going to be the case. We're going to see him with those survivors again, but I'm going to pretend I didn't see it, even though I know I'm going to be wrong in the future. Yeah. So technically, I was right about being wrong <laughs> in the future. <laughs> if you want to split hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You're 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 right in the sense that, you know, they're in the they're in the bunker with him, um, and they don't yeah. they don't come to the surface. They are in the movie later. He does return to the bunker. Spoilers, but mm. that's not until way later on. Well, he returns to the bunker and leaves immediately. <laughs> yeah. Now you thought that. Yeah, that's true. They because they all like yeah leave they leave to, the to go yeah. to up to the mountains. True. True. Now you thought that Joel would be blinded by the sun. To my to my recollection, that doesn't happen. But he's not really wowed by the atmosphere. So I didn't yeah. give you a point for that. I mean, that's such a trope. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't do that, but not the case. Now you thought there would be uh, a lot of expensive shots of this world. Everything's overgrown. Mm. And we we get to see everything's abandoned. Academy Award nominated expensive scenes of the world. P- a point because that is true. Also, we see a lot of these shots in the trailer. But you know that is right. Mm-hmm. You said that Joel would find a dog by an old bus or in an old bus. Yep. Uh, you believe the owner was eaten. Uh, we don't know what happened to the owner. The owners are not there. It's just the dog by itself. But I give you a point. He does find the dog. It's assume yeah. that the owners have died by the monsters. That would be what I would assume anyway. Like, yeah. You know, that's, that's what- So, what the owner was a woman who used to wear this red dress that the dog carries yes. around. Yes. Or at least somebody was, you know- he it may have been a may- man in a red dress. You're right. It could be. Could have lived with a family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Now, you thought that, the well, you, you correctly guessed that the dog was named Boy. It mm-hmm. is. Now, I tried to watch this movie with a frame because I knew that you thought there would be a gag in this movie where the dog would be a female. It is a male dog. It is a male dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I swear it was a male dog, but I wasn't- I was actually joking in that original episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I wasn't thought- being serious about I- that. You weren't being serious. No, I wasn't. I thought you meant that as a gag that the movie would do. No, no, I was doing it as my own gag. Oh, really? I didn't think that the dog called boy would literally be a girl. <laughs> I thought that was a prediction. I thought that was a good prediction. Okay. And he'd be like, oh, it's a girl. Anyway. He just like rolls it over, spreads it. <laughs> like, oh, would you look at that? It's not a boy after all. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Gets awful lonely out here, well, boy. it could have been a point, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta get what you can see. Oh, anyway, we we just on. stopped talking about the Congo a week ago, Kieran. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Or two weeks ago. Now, you said- Or Congo, rather, not the Congo. (laughs) Nothing wrong with the country. Congo in the movie. Now, you said that Joel would feed the dog and take the dog with him, take Boy Mm -hmm. with him, and was planning to give it to Amy as a present. Uh, Not as a present, but he does- Again, that was a joke. Take the dog as a companion. I'm taking everything literally, Kieran. Okay. Uh, But I give you a point for that because that does happen. Mm -hmm. You thought that the dog would drink from uh, a nearby pond- Get freaked out, leading uh, leading Joel to yell. You know, be like, "Boy, what are you? What are you running around? What are you freaking out for?" And then, yeah, what would be revealed is this big frog monster that lives in now, the now. Elements of that are true. Yes, which is why I give you points for that, and I give you points throughout because the dog in the actual movie shows up after the frog monster has already showed up because it actually arrives and rescues Joel from the frog monster. Yes, which comes out of a pond in this random backyard. Don't worry, you, you're getting and then yeah, you're getting points. Yeah, okay, because later on there's yes. a giant centipede. Yes. Well, that boy freaks out and then tries to hide. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. You have elements of that that are correct throughout the whole movie. In the movie, Joel stumbles upon the pond. The The frog comes out, yep. starts attacking Joel. Boy comes and saves Joel. That's what happens right. in the movie. In your prediction, it's it's uh the it's boy that the dog that uh that sort of gets the frog going and yeah, creates this right. action scene. You also said that the that he would attack Joel with his tongue, the frog monster that is. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a point for that. Uh, and you thought that Joel would be saved by the hunter who was Clyde. Clyde is that's the hunter's right. name, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Michael Rooker's character. 
again, he's actually saved by Joel, uh, but there's enough- Well, half- by the boy, boy. By boy, sorry, by yeah. boy. But there's enough half points there that I give you a full point for that sure. whole prediction. Uh, you essentially said that Joel- Also, Clyde does rescue- Joel from the, the later on, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what are they called? The sand mufflers, the sand crawlers. Yes, yeah. In in the actual movie, later on, Joel falls into a hole, That's nearly right. gets eaten by worms, and uh, is saved by Clyde and Minnow. Yeah, and Minnow. Yeah. So you get half a point for that. So yep, that's yep, what yep, converts your your main point, like your one point. So it's like the in right the trailer, stuff, but in, it's all broken up. In the trailer, they do make it look like Clyde rescues Joel from the frog. It's yes, shot it does. to make it look like that. It does because I watched I remember, that back again. I remember in the original episode, I said it doesn't look like they're in the same location as you the did. frog. So I probably will be wrong in the future, but for the sake of ease, yeah. So I, again, I was right about being wrong in the future. <laughs> but you were right look enough. Look at me go. You're I'm right. so good at being wrong. But you're getting points for all this, though. Yeah, I know. Because like you, you are right. Like this does happen, just not in this context, which I think is pretty good, to be honest. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, now you thought Clyde and Minnow would be father and daughter. And mm. laughed at me when I said that they weren't. Well, I actually said during your plot as well, I said, well, we don't actually know if she's adopted or not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, essentially I was under the impression that they were biological father and daughter. Which they are not. Which they are not. So, in your plot, you did bring up the idea that she's adopted. And I said, yeah, that's a good point. We don't know that she isn't, which mm-hmm. turned out to be the case. We'll mm-hmm. get into it when we go over oh, what you said. I look forward to it. And you said that Clyde's wife is dead. There's never really a conversation that goes into that. No. Not to my knowledge, at least. But his son is dead. His son is dead. And presumably had a wife to have the son, <laughs> unless he adopted the son as well. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know. True. Yeah. Not not a lot has gone into this character's background. No. Yeah. And I don't think we really need it. No, not really. Now, you say in this portion of the movie, Clyde will teach Joel a lot of life lessons, teach him how to survive, mm-hmm. teach him how to fight, which is true. He encourages Joel to- Not su- both. <laughs> no. Uh, he encourages Joel to like live with the monsters, live amongst them rather than yeah. running. So and that's a big part of this character in this in that's the, right, in his yeah. journey in this movie. So you get you get a point for that. And it, it's funny because he does this. You thought that Clyde would be like, Oh, you're a wuss Joel, I need to like look after you and train you. He, there is an element yeah, of that, but that does happen. Clyde pretends he's helping Joel with his book, and I do believe it is pretending that he's helping with his book as like a guise to sort of give him these life lessons yeah. because he does like him, you know, he he does appreciate the fact he's from Fairfield. I think he yeah. might he might even you know if you want to look into it further, remind him of his son. But yeah, so you get points for that. Maybe he's sexually attracted to him because he's secretly gay. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who would have guessed that? Now you said that Joel will part with Clyde and Minnow. They'll go their separate ways, uh, but not before Joel proves himself by defeating a monster. Now, he does prove himself. Uh, doesn't mm. really defeat a monster, but they do uh, separate. They they do part their separate. Also, there ways. was a moment that I predicted almost exactly in that in that little section as well, where I joked that uh, Clyde would say that he would demasculate Joel and say like, "Oh, my my daughter's braver than you, and she's a little girl." That actually mm-hmm. happens in the actual movie where they say, "Oh, you screamed higher than me, and I'm a ch- I'm a little girl." <laughs> he does too. Yeah, he does too. I guess that's uh, two points. Hey. Yeah, I guess so. That's <laughs> why I'm bringing two, it up. Let's give you two extra points. Now, I'm the one rattling the, the, the <laughs> coin tin. Uh, yes. I just thought it was amusing that I made that joke because it was actually uh, it was something I'd drawn on from real life circumstance. So, I used to work with a guy who had a daughter and anytime like, I'd struggle to do something, he's like, my daughter could do that easier than you. And so, I just thought it would be amusing if they did that in the movie. And it technically does happen. So, toxic masculinity yeah. in the workplace is what led you to get extra points. Yeah, of points. course. I'm like, they'll do that in the movie. So, why, why didn't you say, hey, why don't you hire your daughter then? Yeah, I did every time. <laughs> I don't, I'd say, your daughter has more hair on her chest than I do too. <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway. Well, that got your extra points. Well done. They part ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, you mentioned that like Clyde would be interested in the fact that he's from Fairfield, which I give you points for because that is a big part of the movie. Like He's like, oh, you're from Fairfield. That's a big deal. And you thought that they would be initially traveling in the same direction, and that's the reason they grouped together, yeah, which that's is true. Right. I give you two points. There's no evidence that that was going to be yeah. the case. Uh, and essentially, you said that- So, I thought they were traveling in the same direction, as you said, initially, mm-hmm. but they'd eventually have to branch off because they're they're ultimately going in different directions. Yeah, which is exactly yeah, what which happened. Yeah, which was and the case. The words you use is, it's a pit stop for Joel. It doesn't-, yeah. doesn't We don't see these characters again. I mean, we do, but they're not important to the plot later on. It's just like- no. There, show life lessons, move on. And that's exactly right, which is why you get two points for that. 
Uh, you thought the middle of this movie would be them or Joel and Boy fighting different monsters, finding different yep. monsters, escaping different monsters. Insert where you True. like you. Yeah. I inserted all the right ones, so I give you a point for that because there's enough of that in the trailer to yep. to uh, <laughs> to guess that that would be the case. Um, you said that Joel runs away from most of them, but vows to be braver. Eventually, Joel will blow a monster monster up with a grenade, which is true. Yep. And this will give him more confidence, which is also true. Yep. Points all around. You said that Joel would meet a sassy robot. True. You thought that the robot would be collecting- Well, sassy things. in quotation marks. Okay. Well, we get to it. We get to it. Okay. Now, you said that the robot would be collecting things. So, the robot was tasked with like uh, doing all these little odd jobs. Everyone is dead, but the robot's still doing them just because that's how it's, yep. that's what it's programmed to do. Not really. No. Everyone is dead. The robot. We is- don't really know the function of these robots. They never go into it. They just exist. I and Joel I- says, like, they were supposed to be the next big thing, but then the, the apocalypse I-, I assume they're like a servant robot or something like that, like a cleaning yeah. robot or something. Who knows? Or a companion robot. Who knows? Mm. Or a computer. It doesn't really matter. The the In the movie, the robot is powered down. Joel meets it. Joel powers it back up for a short period of time. Yep. And they have this, like, conversation. The robot, I wouldn't say, is sassy. No, it's, not particularly. It's uh, it's it's it, overly helpful. It's a very nice robot. It in a weird way, it kind of substitutes as a mother figure for Joel. Um, that's what I felt. Yeah. It's like interestingly enough, at every point in the movie, anytime that Joel is faced with some sort of challenge, exactly what he needs, coincidentally, <laughs> is just happens to be there at the time. Yeah. So, if you remember, he gets poisoned by leeches at one point in the movie and he collapses on the ground dying. His mouth is right next to the plant that has an anti-venom in it. Like, what are the chances of that? He could have been anywhere else in the world without this plant being there, but it just happened to be there. I thought, I thought it was Amy that, like, saved him. No, no, no. So, he took the anti-venom and then um, Amy saved him afterwards. Oh, okay. Well, it was actually old Bruce or whatever his name yes. was. Yes, yeah. Who he kissed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll he's kissy. We'll, we'll get to there. But yeah, the, this robot just happened to be there and was just happened to be able to give him the exact things he needed at that point in time. It, like I said, all throughout the movie, he just happens to always have exactly what he needs when he needs it, which I think is a bit of a fault in the writing. But it's you know, that it's, kind of movie. Yeah, though. it's not like we haven't seen this in a movie before. Yeah. But anyway, back to the robot thing. I give you a point for that. It is something we see in the trailer. I didn't yeah. pick it up myself. Well, it's a shot in the trailer. I thought it was ridiculous when you said it. I was like, robot? everything, everything I said about the robot beyond there being a robot in the movie was just purely speculation on my yeah. behalf. And it didn't turn out to be the case. But there is a robot, so. Yeah. There you go. You said that Joel and the robot would have a moment looking at the sky at Harmless Monsters, which is true. That mm-hmm. was the shot in the trailer, so you get a point. Yep. You thought that the robot would um, think that going with your heart instead of your head is stupid, and kind of Joel would be like, oh, well, yeah. I'm, um, I'm not certainly doing this all for love, which is not the case. In fact, the opposite is true. Yeah, the robot's right. just like, you should go after your heart. I mean, In fact, can't. the robot sacrifices all of its leftover life, essentially, to help Joel continue on his journey. This movie is pro-romance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you said at this point, Joel would find Amy's colony, which is located on the beach. True, mm-hmm. you get points for that. Uh, you said that they would, th- the colony that Amy belongs to would use boats to escape from the monsters. So, every time a monster would come, they would mm. get on their boats and they would sail out to sea and le- let, like, wait till the monster left. Not really. But, Not really, no. But I give you half a point because- That's what Cap and his cronies do. Yes, yes. So, in, in the movie, when Joel meets with this beach colony, there is another- uh, collection of wh- who they think are saviors or people to rescue them. Yeah. You have this idea: hey, get on this boat and we'll sail away from all the monsters. That's right. And 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 the colony already established earlier in the movie that most of the monsters can't swim unless they're aquatic based. Yeah, and, and even and even then, if they're out of the water, then the aquatic monsters won't be able to attack them. Yeah, yeah. Even though we see some aquatic monsters, which we kind of had a conversation with, this makes no sense. But anyway. That is something that's close, so I'll give you half a point for that. Yeah. They have the yacht and they they that that's the plan. It's an that element in, in there. It wasn't exactly on the yeah. money. Yeah. The, the beach colony are intending to do this exact thing. Doesn't work out that way, but that's why you get the half a point. Now you said that Joel is disappointed to learn that Amy has a new and you said manly boyfriend. Okay. All right. So I give you two not, sets of half points. Yeah, here. not wait, quite the wait, case. Wait for it. So it's true in the sense that she dated somebody yeah, in, be- she did. in between the last time Joel saw uh, saw her to now. Now, the boyfriend that she had is dead. That's right. Joel is disappointed to learn that Amy has moved on and had a relationship while That's he was right, still yeah. pining over her. So, I'll give you half a point for that. And I'll give you another half a point because the the guy, and I just called him Yacht Man in my notes. Cap. Cap. The captain who comes to save them 
Joel is jealous of him. I called him, uh, when I was watching the movie, I actually called him fake uh, Liam Hemsworth. I I, I just kept seeing Liam Hemsworth. Fake Chris Hemsworth is what I should say. He looks so much like him, but yeah. Joel is jealous of Cap. That's right. Um, Because he can't see himself competing with Cap masculinity-wise. There's no indication that there's a romance between Cap and Amy, but I think it's implied that, yeah, Joel sees it as a threat, which is why I give you the two half points, which gives you one. That's completely fair enough. Now, Joel suggests to the whole colony, hey, instead of getting on this boat and like leaving and, you know, doing what you're doing, let's just, you know, not run and stay and fight the monsters and learn how to survive on land and Yeah, because if I can learn how to do it, then we all can. Exactly, exactly, which is true. That is exactly what he does. It is exactly what he does. I mean, the context about, you know, the colony doing it, yeah, but but yeah, it's exactly true, which is why I give you points for that. The next thing you say is that monsters will then attack the colony. In the movie, they do not. Cap and his team- His cronies. His cronies actually are raiders. That's the huge twist. Yeah, they're food stealers. They're food stealers, and they actually beat up the rest of the colony, or they they drug the rest of the colony. That's right, and they sick a giant crab Mm -hmm. on everybody by electrocuting it. It's a whole trap. They tie everybody up. They're going to steal all the food- and they're going to um, feed all the survivors the crab. to so, the crab. Yeah, I, I guess it's worth explaining, and I know it, people who have watched the movie will know this already, but they've got this crab that is like, that's tied to the, like they've tied the yacht to the crab and the crab like sails the yacht everywhere. Because- and he's somehow able to electrocute the crab remotely. So I guess Underwater. Yeah, there's like connected to the chain that's electrocuting the crab on the boat that's connected to a transformer, which is activated when he presses a button. When Cap presses a button, that's in his sort of like hip satchel. Yeah. He's able to remotely shock the crab via the chain. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. quite sure how the science uh, yeah, works uh, there, though. Let, don't think about it. Don't think about it. But essentially, there's no way to power the boat, fossil fuels, all that sort of stuff. There's no there's no sort of resources for that. So they use they pretty much make Zap a chariot a yeah. out of a crab. Yeah, that's and, right. And they have some sort of weird deal with the crab that they feed, they steal people's food and they stick the crab on the, on the people, on the yeah, people to eat them. And the crab's like, great, I'm happy. I'll keep being your, uh, you know, your carriage driver. But the crab's only doing it because he's being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Two points because, uh, you know, en- enough of those elements are there and there is a, there is a monster fight at the end. It's with this crab. Yeah. You said that Amy's boyfriend dies in this fight scene. I give you half a point because Amy has a boyfriend that dies Fair before. Enough. It doesn't happen here and we never meet the boyfriend. Very loose, but yep. Yeah. You said that Joel is freaking out but manages to bluff his way into clumsily defeating the monsters. I wouldn't say clumsy. I wouldn't say bluff. I think he fully defeats the monsters yeah. with his own wits. He does a great job. His empathy. Now, you said that in, in your plot, you said that Joel and Amy were going to be the only ones left after they defeat yeah. the monster, and then they start That's to date. That's not the case, yeah. No, they manage to f- save all the good guys. All of Amy's colony are yeah, saved. Right. What happens in the movie, and this is a, a thing that- Cap and his cronies are eaten, by the way, by the crab. Yeah, yeah. So, Cap and his cronies flee, and um, Joel- manages to pull the whatever's electrocuting the crab out, sort of sparing the crab pain. No, he shoots with a rocket grenade, with with a handheld rocket launcher. He does, that's right. He shoots the chain, breaking it, and the crab's like, thanks very much, and off it pisses. And he he drops Joel, and then he runs off and he kills all the bad guys. That's right. And the whole whole message of it is just like, oh, be nice to the monsters and- They'll be nice well, to you. We hear, you know, I'll always look in their eyes. You know the nice ones from looking in their eyes. So he looked into the crab's eyes and was like, it's a nice it's one. It's a nice one, yeah. And let it run off and eat the bad guys. <laughs> uh, yes. Now, you said that they, at this point, that they will kiss, which they do. You get points for that. They yep. they they kiss early on, but they he does come and kiss her right at the end and before right. he leaves. So I give you two points for that. Nothing in the trailer indicated that, but you know, no, uh, it, it was a safe guess. But there was a point in the movie where I didn't think that was going to happen. So well done. And you said that the movie would end with them going off as a power couple to fight monsters. In the movie, they do go off and fight monsters, or at least learn to survive with monsters. But they do yeah. so separately. Amy with his, her colony, Joel goes back to his colony and sort of goes goes out with his colony. So I'll give you half a point for that. Yeah. Um, it's it, but they're not they're not doing it together. Now That's right. this is the discussion we're going to have because. I know where you're going to go with this. The movie ends with Amy sort of saying, I need to sort of, I, I, I don't, I'm not thinking about relationships right now. I'm sort of like the leader of a colony and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Joel sort of goes, I need to go back to my colony and my friends and et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. They kiss. And Amy says, look, we will find each other in the future. Mm-hmm. And they both head off, setting in the same direction, except Joel has to get his colony first. So, the presumption for me is their intention is to get back together once they meet up in the safe location up in the mountains where Clyde and Minnow are. 
But in the weeks leading up to this show, you're always complimenting the plot of this movie saying, oh, it's interesting how they didn't get together in the yeah. end. But I didn't read it that way at all. I don't think they ever said in the movie that they didn't get back together. They just went separately and said they'd meet back up again. But I don't think they ever said that they weren't going to hook up. Th- that conversation sort of happened before that point in the movie, before that he defeated the monster and they had their kissy, their final kissy at the end. But when I was re-watching the movie, I'm like, well, what Matty D said is, isn't actually the case. Yeah, so in the, in the movie- they do kind of suggest that they might get back together. Yeah. I didn't see it as a certainty like you see it as. Well, I'm not saying it's a certainty. I'm just saying they're suggesting that they may get back together because yeah. they're certainly planning to meet back up again. Yeah, but they're certainly not together by the end of the movie. If they're there was not- a sequel, probably, but- yeah. Given what I said in my plot that they go back together as a power couple to travel around the world and fight monsters together, that's not true at all. Mm. That's not indicated to be true at all. So I was wrong. I, you get half a point. But for that, I don't think you're correct in saying uh, they don't get back together at all and they don't have a relationship because I think there is something there, but they just have other stuff to do in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. When I first watched this movie, I kind of took it as the relationship wasn't. I, I, I felt the same until yeah, I rewatched the movie. I, I kind of took it as Joel had this idea of the relationship that wasn't accurate. You know what I right. mean? He thought that they were it pretty much- Sounds like much- Matty D has an idea of the relationship that isn't accurate. <laughs> well, he thought they were still pretty much together. They were still that's in right. love. But that's earlier the in the case. movie. Yeah. I don't think that's the case by the end of the movie. Sure. We just don't know. That's I the guess, problem. Because I think she does say something like, come find me or something. That's right. So, it's open-ended. It's open-ended. That's why I said we just don't know. Yeah. So, that, that's a fair- that's a fair that's So, a I'm fair not point. here begging for points because I was wrong, but yeah. I'm just saying what you were saying, what your interpretation of the movie was originally, mm. isn't accurate. No. Okay. That's, that's fair. I want to see anybody- if there's anybody who had the same takeaway from the movie, let me know because I'd be interested. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting if people took that away from the movie because I th- saw this movie and thought- Potential oh, spoilers put at gmail.com. Oh. Um, Send us your thoughts. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's a love story movie where they don't end up together it's a you know Mm. there's no happy well there's a happy ending but there's no happy ending like we thought there was going to be so i was like wow that's interesting but you know i suppose it could imply that they're going to meet up and they're going to get yeah that's right relationship anyway enough about that you got 49 points wow 49 Mm -hmm. points Mm -hmm. that's the best i've probably done for a while playing it very safe though yeah you played it very safe a lot of that is just one points but i surmise that you because you said i'd be happy if i got half right or at least the easy half and i think that's pretty accurate i think you said i mean half the movie right or what did i mean by that uh you said you'd half the movie right okay fair enough and most of your points were just one point rather than two points. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? He, he kind of got half the points, you know? So I think you got there. I think you said about Fair like enough. 60 or 70 things, 50, 60 or 70 predictions. So Okay. So you're impressed with that. You thought that was a you good You played effort. it safe. I played it safe. <laughs> That's what and, happened. And it paid out. You played it very, very safe. You didn't get a lot of two points. You got a lot of one points and a few halves. Everything you said mm. mostly was in the trailer. Yeah. Well, that's a good foul. See, this was two years ago. I hadn't developed as a predictor <laughs> back then. I wasn't as willing to make as bold a choices as I do now or, you know, what I call educated guesses. Yeah. But as you heard, a lot of it was in the movie, so it worked out yeah, for you. exactly. It was basically a cut and dry movie, which is essentially what I was pitching. Manny D, he started off the episode by saying he felt very confident in what he was going to predict in the movie. And in fact, by the time that we started, so we'd wrapped up my prediction and then Matty D was like, do you know what's going to actually happen in the movie? Let me tell you. So now we're going to find out if he can put his money where his mouth is and what he was so confident about will pay off. Kieran, you, you knew my sarcasm, right? Because I, I finished that episode ripping my prediction apart. That's right. <laughs> so right. I don't so, know if, if you can say that that was an accurate statement. You did statement. start by saying, and I don't think this was a joke, you did start by saying that you felt very confident. Mm, okay. So, yeah, okay. So, we'll see if this translates to what you actually said. I, so, do, sh- I do talk a lot of shit, Kieran. Yeah, we, we know this by now. <laughs> so, you said that the movie won't open with narration. And that's wrong straight off the bat. <laughs> It'll just open. You said instead the movie will open with Joel and Amy smooching in a car while a romantic song plays in the background. I actually gave you a point and a half for that because this scene does happen. Uh, it's 10 minutes into the movie the rather start, than the yeah. very start. It's a flashback we have once we're established with the monster apocalypse. We see drawings at the start. That's right. So, this doesn't happen at the beginning, but mind you, when we do have this flashback, this is happening, and there is a romantic song playing in the background. You were dead on the money there. Oh, nice. So, I gave you a point and a half because I would have given you two points, but just the fact that it wasn't at the very start of the movie, and yeah, that's essentially the only thing holding you back. So, almost two points, point and a half. Now, it's interesting that you said they were smooching because then you go on to say, just before Amy and Joel can share a kiss, uh, and then you made a point of saying they'll never actually kiss until right at the end of the movie. Oh, damn. 
they're interrupted by sirens. I gave you half a point because in the actual movie, they're about to get it on. They're about to have sex in the back seat. Yeah. Joel's about to have his first time, which he never has. Well, we don't know that it's his first time. (laughs) That's your interpretation. I mean, he's 17, so it's a good guess, but they could have, like, they could have done it easily. Uh, they'd known each other for the whole summer at this point. It could have been, like, date number two they were getting it on. <laughs> Is there anything like me, anyway? But anyway, you said that they're interrupted by sirens and explosions. They're not the kind in Joel's pants. They do kiss in this scene quite a few times. They do. So, that's not accurate. No. So, I didn't give you any points for that. You said that a bloody man runs over to their car for help, but they leave him behind as they drive off, and the man is eaten by a monster. This doesn't happen in the movie at all. I'm sure it's a it's a deleted scene. Yeah, maybe it's a deleted scene. Mm. Uh, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. Not, not a deleted scene. <laughs> you said back in Joel's suburb, everything is going crazy. I'll give you a point for that. We saw that in the trailer. You said that the military are evacuating people from their homes. That's not the actual case no. in the movie. People are just leaving of their own accord because monsters are rocking up in the neighborhood. <laughs> you said that Joel's parents are mad that he wasn't home earlier and asked where he's been. I gave you a point for that because that was directly from the trailer. Now, interestingly enough, when I was watching the movie and in that original episode, I said, oh, I find it interesting that this is supposed to be in America because they filmed in Queensland. Yes. And it looks exactly like Australia to me. When I was watching the movie the other day, I, was, I couldn't see it as America at all, especially in Joel's suburb, because I'm yeah. like, this looks like a regular Australian it suburb. It does. Right? The only thing that they've done to make it look American is they've got American garbage bins outside the house. <laughs> oh, geez, the monster apocalypse is happening, but we better make sure that the recycling is taken <laughs> out. But yeah, it, it just everything in the movie, every shot in the movie literally was just like, well, that's, a, that's clearly Australia to me. Yeah, especially like the fauna and whatever. Exactly. Now, it's supposed to be California. And as we said in that original episode, California does have gum trees, but the topography of the whole landscape yeah. in the movie was so obviously Australia yeah. that, yeah, like, I couldn't I buy mean, it. I mean, obvious to us because obvious we to live us, here. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, somebody else, it might not be. We don't live in Queensland, but the suburbs look exactly the same. They're the exact same modern Australian suburbs that we have. So, I just- Especially in that scene, I'm like, well, this I just can't see this as America. It's not America. They don't look like American houses. You got to you got to feel more personal, personally involved with the movie. Then it's like this could be my suburb. And most of the actors, including Jessica Henwick herself, were Australian actors as well. There was only a handful of them who were actually American. So it was all Australian actors doing American accents. Because <laughs> remember, as well in that original episode, uh, the filmmakers described it as being a cross between Mad Max, Mad Max, and Something uh, else. You said Mad Max, Zombieland. John Hughes movie, and yeah, that's right. um, Zombieland. That's right. Now, you said you couldn't see any connections to Mad Max there. Oh, certainly can now. There is actually an actor who was in two Mad Max movies right at the end. Bruce Spence, the man that he kisses when he's in his sort oh. of like drug-fueled coma, when he's in his poison-fueled cool. uh, hallucinations. That was Bruce Spence who played the, the aviator, I think, in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And he was okay. also- uh, one of the survivors in uh, the second one as well. Uh, no, actually, he was the aviator in the second one. He was an is another random character in the third one. So right. yeah, Bruce Spence was in two Mad Max movies, giving this and Mad Max a direct connection. Cool. A little bit of interesting trivia for you there. Back to your plot though. You said that Joel's parents tell him to get in their car, but before Joel can get into the car with them, the car and his parents are crushed by either a rock or debris. Is what you said. Now, I ended up giving you half a point because their car is crushed by a falling tree, but that doesn't kill them. They're further killed by a monster who steps on their car after it's been crushed by debris. Yeah, but did you, did you read the credits? The monster, The monster is credited as Rock. <laughs> no, it's not. It's yeah, not it Dwayne is. The Rock Johnson. <laughs> it's, yeah, Dwayne the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson had a cameo. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> you said that Joel is taken away by soldiers and tells Amy that they'll be together again someday. Now, there's no actual soldiers there, and Amy's already gone at this mm-hmm. point. She's not there at all. You said that seven years later, Joel lives in a bunker with a colony of nice survivors. They're nice. Gave you a point for that because that's all true. You said that Cap is the leader of these survivors. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, that's not true at all, all right, because let's... Cap is actually the villain of the movie. Fake okay, Chris Hemsworth. Sure, sure. I, I looked at the I looked at the um, cast list. I didn't know this actor. I didn't really see this actor in the trailer that much. No. Well, I, didn't, I didn't recognize him, so I didn't know who it was. So, I look at Cap. I was like, there's obviously a leader to this colony, so Cap will be the leader. Why not? Yeah. We both thought that the colony, the people in the colony would have more character than they actually did. We're like, oh, That's right. there's someone with an eye patch. They'll, they'll have all these you know interesting personalities. Not really. No. They're all pretty generic. No. Agreed? Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Cap isn't the leader of the survivors. No, he's not. You said that Joel obsesses over a he's ham- He's leader of another su- group of survivors. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but not this colony no. of survivors. You said that Joel obsesses over a ham radio intent on finding other survivors. I gave you a point for that because he's actually looking for Amy. 
He contacts every other bunker in the area. So, yeah, technically true. Yeah. He said that Joel isn't searching for Amy via the ham radio. I just wrote, ha, in my notes. Because <laughs> that's his one specific goal of using the ham radio to contact the survivors. Mm-hmm. So, your idea was he doesn't even know that Amy is alive. And he's just contacting other survivors. Right, yeah. He just happens across Amy. Yeah. Not the case at all. In well, the I guess if you're in that situation, you'd assume everyone's dead. Yeah. And then, you know, here's Amy and that reignites his hope and his yeah. love again. And his loins. Which doesn't happen in the movie, but that was my thinking. Yeah. You said that Joel does odd jobs around the bunker and everyone has adapted to living underground. Gave you a point for that. That's absolutely the case. He's in charge of making the minestrone. Yeah, he does. And uh, doing the dishes. You actually joke that he does the dishes. We see him doing the dishes in the movie. I'm going to give you a bonus point for that. What the fuck? <laughs> Thanks, man. You said that the colony has a night where they talk about sex and romance, as you do, and Joel presumes that Amy is dead. This never actually really happens in the movie, and Joel is uh, <laughs> depressed that everyone else in the bunker is in a relationship, as we said. I, I like to imagine that scene, even though it didn't play that, play out in the movie at all, is like the scene in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, where, where he's just like, oh yeah, I have loads of sex. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Are you a virgin? <laughs> Are you a virgin? Yeah, yeah, not, not since I was 10. It all makes sense. You're a virgin. I am. Shut up. You said that later that night, Joel hears Amy on the ham radio and she tells him where she is. Gave you half a point for that because that is in the movie. But they've already, as we already discussed with my plot, they've already connected over the ham radio previously. And Joel already knows where she is at this mm. point in the movie. Yeah. So all of this does happen, but off screen. Yeah. You said that this causes Joel to want to set out for Amy's colony, and he tells Cap that he's leaving. Gave you a point for that. Mind you, Cap's not there. Just replace Cap with the leader of the bunker. Who That's right. Because that there's a clear He could be Cap as well. We don't know. He's the other He's Cap. not. <laughs> they tell us his name. He's not Cap. You said that the other survivors don't want Joel to leave, but eventually give him useless items to help him on his journey. Gave you a point for that. And you'll oh, know okay. why in a second. You said that the completely useless items that Joel's friends give him are a rope and a crossbow. Now, that's totally not useless. true. Yeah, I already made fun of you in the original I episode. Know. We don't need to rehash that. But I gave you a bonus point because they give him a completely useless map that he never uses. So the, the map is hand-drawn and so it's not accurate. So he can't actually use it he to travel around. He doesn't use that map, does he? No. He looks at it once and goes, well, this is pretty useless. And I'm like, ah, Matty D said they'd give him useless items. <laughs> oh, great. Mind you, you said that he would use the useless items. He does not use the map at all. He basically uses it as toilet paper and dumps it. You said that Joel will use his crossbow in an unusual way to save himself rather than just using it to kill a monster. Ooh. Nope, he just uses it to kill monsters in the Well, movie. hang on. Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. Never mind. I was like, he shoots, he shoots the- a cactus. He sh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's target practice for, you know, actually killing monsters in the way that a crossbow is intended to kill things. <laughs> oh, look, you got, you got to take risks every now and again. Mm. You said that Joel leaves the bunker and eventually finds a dog living on a bus. Gave you a point for that. We knew that, of course. Uh, You said that the dog follows Joel and Joel talks to it throughout the movie. Gave you a point for that. That's the case. Yep. Now, I pressed you into giving a little bit more information about the dog because I was riding high on actually predicting what the dog's name was going to be. When I say predicting, I mean observing the fact that it was in the trailer. You said when pressed that the dog will be a boy dog but won't have a name. I gave you a point because it was a male dog. It was actually played by two male dogs in, Mm. in reality. You said that the dog won't die in the movie. Two points. We didn't know that. No, I mean, it could have easily killed off the dog. It could have. Just like in I Am Legend, if this was going to be like (laughs) I Am Legend, the dog dies in that movie. Very different movie. Very different movie. Did you read uh, the dog's name in like a a Wikipedia page? No, no. So in the trailer, when the dog is in the bus on the wall behind the dog, it says boy. Okay, because in it's the written movie, on the wall. in the movie, it's on a pillow, right? That's right. It's on a pillow yeah. in the actual movie. But in, I saw it written on the bus wall. Of course, I didn't know that that was actually going to be the dog's name. I was just like, well, it says boy there. That might be the dog's name. Could have been like right next to some writing that said girl. Yeah. Or it might have been writing, you know, boy, boy, crazy boy. Mm. You know, the bus owner was a big fan of West Side Story. <laughs> Moving on. You said- boy storage units. Yeah, exactly. You said that Joel goes to his old house to get supplies and to feel nostalgic so he can walk around his old Australian-looking house and be like, oh, it's good to be so home. So American. Doesn't happen in the movie. No. You said that the dog detects something in Joel's swimming pool. Now, the dog isn't there at this point when he's walking around a house with a swimming pool with the frog in it. Uh, and it's not actually a swimming pool. It's a pond. Oh, I thought it was a swimming pool. No, it's a pond. Okay. Would you swim in that swimming pool? No, but I thought it was a swimming pool that had been like overgrown and become like a pond. No, Do you know what I mean? It's a pond. Okay. So my parents have a, a pond exactly like that in their uh. backyard. Uh, they didn't at the point when I predicted this episode, but they do now. Because I was going to say, if you're going to argue it's a swimming pool, you could come around to my dad's place and swim in his, quote, swimming pool and see how much you like it. You'll end up with as many leeches on you as Joel does swimming in the river later in the oh, movie. Oh, that was gross. That, that was giving me real standby me vibes. 
Yeah, except they didn't end up on his penis. Also, that, <laughs> that happened we know Con- of. That happened in Congo too. Remember the the what's his name? Uh, Peter Elliot. He ends. Up, he has a uh, yes. A that does happen his, in Congo. Uh, a leech on his penis, and yeah. then uh, Ernie Hudson gives him his cigar to burn it off. Yes, and then doesn't want his cigar uh, back. He's like, well, it was a really big leech. Yeah, Congo, the gift that keeps on giving. You said that a frog monster pops out of the water and tries to eat Joel with its long tongue. We we're obsessed with this long tongue. Gave you a point for that. It was in the trailer. Yeah. You said that Joel is rescued from the frog by Clyde and Minnow. I gave you half a point because they do rescue him from a different monster later. We already discussed this with my plot. You said that Clyde will be like Tallahassee from Zombieland oh, and Minnow will be point. like a hit girl from Kick-Ass. Okay, I, maybe not. I gave you a point and a half because I guess you could see it that way, but both are a lot nicer than those two characters you described. Uh, Minnow, in the actual movie, she talks a big game. But she isn't really shown to be killing any of the monsters beyond dropping like a grenade yeah. in the nest. So she's always criticizing Joel's ability to shoot things, but we never see her shoot That's anything. That's because she has a crush on him, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's that point where she like just clings onto him because she suddenly decides she loves him. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit weird and a little bit creepy. <laughs> but yeah, as far as being like Tallahassee, uh, I guess you could say that Michael Rooker's kind of like that. But Tallahassee's a dick. Michael Rooker, he's a dick to start with, but then warms to... Uh, because you've got to remember by Zombieland 2, good old Tallahassee and Columbus have spent 10 years together and Tallahassee still hates him. Yeah. And uh, good old Clyde, but, you know, he warms to Joel way. within a matter of days. I mean, the, the, the characters are close. And I like how you said Michael Rooker is like Tallahassee because Michael Rooker is always plays this character. Yes. Yeah, he is. You said that Clyde and Minnow are heading in the exact same direction as Joel and they decide to travel together. Gave you half a point. We've already discussed this. Clyde and Minnow are actually heading towards the mountains and decide to travel with Joel while they're heading in the same direction. Mm -hmm. You said that they go to hospital to get medical supplies. That doesn't happen in the movie at all. No, this is like a trope of these kind of movies that I just kind of inserted, you know, just thought, well, may as well. They usually do this. Didn't happen in a quiet place. Uh, Yes, it did. When do they go to a hospital in a quiet place? They don't go to a hospital, but they go to get supplies, and I think it's medical supplies, right? Not a hospital, though. Start of the movie, they're raiding a general store. Not a hospital, though. No, okay, maybe not a hospital, but- Can you you name- If you can name a movie where they raid a hospital for medical supplies- Can I name a video game? No, has to be a movie. Can I name The Walking Dead video game? No. (laughs) Mind you, The Walking Dead TV series, while not being a movie and adapted from a comic book, it does start in a hospital. Uh, but they're well, not rating it for medical supplies. I'm pretty sure they do it in 28 days later or 28 weeks later or one of those. Yeah. Having not seen those movies particularly recently. Oh, I'm you haven't? Gonna, okay, then they do. You. They definitely do. <laughs> I'm saying I haven't seen them recently. So, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Doesn't moving matter on. either way. You said that they come across a swamp monster which Joel defeats with an explosive or something like that. <laughs> Gave you half a point because it's the Sand Gobbler Queen, and which was just a ripoff of the Graboids from Tremors. Yeah. And it is a, a grenade. You said that they have a character development moment by a campfire. That's your favourite thing to put in movies. I love that you said that. Gave you two points because they do have that and it's not in the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. You said that Clyde... This is actually... This is the first time that you've predicted that I'll have a character development moment by a campfire and it's actually paid off. Oh my God, let's have a moment to celebrate this. It's actually paid off. You said that this would happen in Spongebob, doesn't happen. It would happen in Jungle Cruise, doesn't happen. It would happen in Onward, doesn't happen. You finally had it happen. Finally, I can retire this prediction. Ah. You said that Clyde reveals that he adopted Minnow as his own daughter since her parents died. Two points. That's Boom. exactly what happened. Don't get too excited. You said that Clyde is also gay. Now, presume... Well, we don't know that we he's We don't not know gay, his sexuality at all. But so. he had a child. So? I mean, gay people can definitely have children. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to give you any points. I don't deserve... First of all, we don't know. Any points because his sexuality is never confirmed. So, yeah. we don't but know. But the insinuation is, it being a Hollywood movie... He has a son, so therefore that's shorthand for him not being gay. That's an assumption, Kieran. That's an assumption, but either way, it doesn't matter. Well, it's not said, so there's no points that is deserved there. You said that Joel, Clyde and Minnow find Amy's settlement, which isn't coastal. You made a point of saying it wasn't on the coast. Okay, because you said it was coastal, I was like trying to be different. It worked for me with the dog's gender, but it didn't work for, for this. No, I gave you half a point for that because Joel finds the settlement, but Clyde and Minnow aren't around with Joel at this point, and they never meet up with him for the rest of the movie. Now, that being said, you presume that Clyde and Minnow would be with Joel for the rest of the movie. So, you kept bringing them up as though they're there the whole time. Just to clarify everything that happens next in your plot. You said that Amy is not in the settlement. Instead, she's decided to go to a theme park where she got stuck on top of a Ferris wheel and was surrounded by monsters. Nothing remotely close to that happens in the movie. And I don't know why you said that, given that it happens in the first Zombieland movie. (laughs) Why would they just rip that off? 
I don't know. I, I, I kind of thought that there would be a twist at this point in the movie, and I kind of thought- A twist. The, the you Theme know. park. Okay, so he's- So, Matty B and I used to work at a theme park, so the idea of being stuck there on top of the Ferris wheel is a pretty frightening concept. Frightening. So. And it happened to me, so I, yeah. I know. But um, my thoughts were- okay. <laughs> And the monsters surrounding you were your employers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they were customers. Oh, <laughs> with complaints. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, go on, justify uh, it. You know, uh, Karen's. Um, no, yeah, to, to, to defend myself, I was like, there's got to be a twist in this point in the movie where we think he's going to get what he wants and then it, and it swerves us, which does happen. That, that yeah. uh, I'm on the right Not track a theme park, it. though. But then I was like, oh, it can be just the case of Peach is in another castle, right? So I was like, it makes sense for her to go try to find him. She gets stuck. He has to be heroic and safer. Why a theme park? I kind of was just like, oh, this movie's got to be fun and over the top and flamboyant and and, and crazy. And, and that, that was kind of the energy I was getting from this movie. Uh, an abandoned theme so park. So you were thinking is, Zombieland. I was thinking Zombieland. I was heavily- Admittedly, I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not, but I think this is a much better written movie than Zombieland, so that's yes, never going to happen. I do agree with that. But and I it's didn't also know that. a funnier movie than Zombieland. I didn't know that at the time. I knew they were inspired by Zombieland. I, I know that, you know, in, in movies- the abandoned theme park, the abandoned you know amusement park, is always a nice location where a lot of fun stuff can happen. So I was just like, that was the best I could come up. So with. I just watched The Punisher, the 1989 Punisher for oh, the yeah? first time, because I was about to say, Maddie D, name another movie outside of Zombieland where that happens. But it does happen. It does happen in the 1989 Punisher, and the place where Maddie D and I used to work is actually featured in that movie. Really? I got to watch that movie. They That's- didn't tell that. They didn't tell that to us at orientation. No, no. they told us a, a different movie was. The location. Anyway, we yes, we can't really talk about. No, that. we can't talk. We well, we could, we could. Already, we don't work there. We're so. already giving too much information away. We're here. old carnies, people. That's right. So back to your plot. You said that Joel wants everyone to head out and save Amy, but all the survivors don't really want to take the risk until Joel makes an inspirational speech, like they're all stormtroopers or something. Yep. And although that was complete nonsense and doesn't happen in the actual movie, I'm actually going to give you a bonus point for that because Joel ends up giving inspirational speeches that allows all the survivors across the US, presumably to travel to the mountains and escape from the monsters in their day-to-day lives. Yes. So yes. that ends up being the whole ending of the movie. He broadcasts that, right? That's right. So he yep. makes a recording, which he, en- he broadcasts on a loop. Too bad if that's all you've got to listen to throughout the day, just Joel mm-hmm. going on and on and on about, get out of there, you got to survive the monsters. Ends with Autobots Assemble. Yeah, exactly. The Michael Bay score. Now, back to your nonsense. You said that in the theme park, Joel and the survivors have a massive action scene score to I Need a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. Doesn't happen at all in the movie. Uh, I'm, thinking it, I'm thinking this is a different movie, but, you know. Yes. I'm going all in. You said that Joel rescues Amy from the Ferris wheel and there's a fight on a roller coaster. No, that doesn't happen at all. That was Zombieland. That was Zombieland. You said that Joel is more capable against the monsters after his previous experience throughout the movie. Gave eh? you two points for eh? that. Nice. Absolutely the case. I was actually really rooting for Joel at this point in the movie when he got like the spit prong, the prong that you put the uh, food on over a barbecue and uses that to like take on the, the monster crab head on. I was just like, wow, he's really grown. <laughs> There's an arc here in this movie. Wow. Yeah. You said that Joel is about to be eaten by a monster. <laughs> Sorry, how bad is that when we're at a point now where we're like, there's an arc in a movie? Yeah, a character there's has an character arc. growth? Oh my God, that's yes. so good because we're not used to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, you said that Joel is about to be eaten by a monster but is saved at the last second by Amy who shoots it with a bazooka. Gave you half a point because Joel is almost eaten by a giant crab but with Amy's help, he survives. Mm, mm. So yeah, you're on the right track yeah. but not quite. Tell you what's funny and I don't deserve any points for this. I didn't predict it but Amy does help Joel and she fights the bad female That's right. Uh, raider. That's right, and as I we kinda, always say. I kind of thought that was funny because I was like, why didn't we predict that? Because <laughs> that's always yeah. what they do. Well, we didn't know there would be an evil female raider. There's no indication of that in the trailer. Yeah. They don't even make a point of that because they want to keep it a secret. Yeah. You said that Amy hands the drawing Joel did of her at the start of the movie back to Joel. <laughs> Cute no, moment. Doesn't but happen. She does hand the, or Joel hands the locket or whatever he kept. Uh, he handed her. her a survival guide. No, do you remember? Do you remember? Movie. Amy gives Joel a. Oh, that's right. A a a, a, a good luck charm yeah, or that's something. Tr- oh, it was the the thing that was hanging on the mirror of her car. Yes. It was some sort of creature. I don't really remember. It was like a horse or a little dragon or something yeah, like that. And he keeps it and he that's hands right. it back to her. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's not the drawing. No, it's not. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't count that. So no. he said that Joel and Amy finally kiss after defeating all the monsters. Gave you two points for that. That does happen. And you said that Clyde wonders who the real monsters are, and Amy is revealed to be a monster the whole time. 
who eats Joel, and that's how the movie ends. Do I get points for that? So that post credits. Oh, scene? you're right. It did happen. Oh yeah, that's right. No, of course it didn't happen. <laughs> so that was everything that you predicted, which gave you a total of how well do you think you did? Uh thirty-eight. Uh thirty-five. Uh, go a little bit lower and you'll be correct. 20s? 29 is what you got. <laughs> nice. Which, uh, I tell you what, I actually am bringing in a new element to our whole grading system as oh, of okay. this episode. So, we're almost 200 episodes into the show, but I've decided right now I'm going to add something new in. I'm actually going to give you a grade for your assessment and okay. I'm going to give your, uh, your overall plot prediction a C+. Because while you had one or two good guesses, you lost points because you didn't pay enough attention to the trailer and most of your plot didn't match the movie at all. Oh, I have like some some comments, some like feedback. That's right. That's right. So if I was your teacher, I'd say pay more attention to the trailer rather than just <laughs> pay more attention in class. Say, saying what happened in other movies, yeah, without any solid you know evidence behind it, and you'll you know just do what I did, and you'll end up with a higher score essentially. Okay, shut up. <laughs> I don't like this grading system. I feel like it's too too subjective. Well, it's I like- could just give you the grade and not tell you why I gave you the grade. Oh, okay. So I can improve. So C plus, yeah. I can get better in future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So something like uh, your Kingsman plot would be like a D or a D minus, <laughs> Matty D minus. But something like this is you're on the right track, you're improving, so I'm going to give you a C plus. You're very close to a B minus. Yeah, exactly. This is for growth and development. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. To be a better predictor. So, if you could give me a letter grade for my assessment, what would you give me? D. Okay, fair enough. I'd probably give this one- uh, B minus? Yeah, yeah, probably a B minus. Yeah. Probably a B. Yeah, probably a B, actually. For playing, uh, it, no, for, ba- for playing it too safe. You played it too safe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You didn't go above and beyond. So, was that B or B minus? B minus. Yeah, okay. I'd accept that 100%. And I would say, don't be a coward next time. That'd be my feedback. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what you thought of my prediction. But what did you think of Love and Monsters itself? <laughs> I liked it. I yeah. I, I you've I, seen it twice now, presumably. Okay. So when we when we sat down to do this movie, when we watched this trailer, I was like, oh, I don't really want to watch this movie. I don't want to talk about. We this were movie. fresh off talking about Zombieland Double Tap. I know that uh, you know in in the episode I was talking a big game, but really when I went into that episode, when I went into that original prediction, I put like no effort in. I was like, mm. I don't give a, f- I don't care about this movie. I think it's going to be a really uh, boring, I. predictable movie that I do not want to talk about, and I do want, I don't want to give it any thought. I didn't want to watch the trailer because I thought the trailer was boring. I was like, why? Why do we have to talk about this movie? And I put no effort in, and I was not looking forward to watching it. I didn't want to watch it, and so you noped it essentially. Yeah, I guess so. Because you approached nope the exact same way. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Probably more so with this movie, to be honest. Yeah. Because I didn't, I thought this movie would just kind of fly under the radar, which I guess in a way it did. But yeah. like, I just kind of thought it was just like a, a low effort, you know, popcorn movie that yeah. I, this is what I thought. I thought- Pandemic popcorn film. I like it. I like it. And there were a few of those during yeah, the pandemic. Antebellum. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's on, that's on a different level entirely. Yes. But yeah, I kind of was like, I was kind of like, we've a seen sewerage this. pipeline film. Yeah. I, I was like, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie and I've seen this movie probably I've done better. I've seen Zombieland. Mm, exactly. Zombieland's going to be doing it better, surely. And when I watched this movie, along with all the other movies I watched, you know, f- during that year, I was like, that was one of the best ones I'd seen. And I actually mm. really liked it. I thought as soon as it started, I thought it had a lot of charm. It had the right energy and the right attitude. You know what I mean? It yeah. just had, it was fun. You know, it was upbeat. It wasn't. It was silly, but not too silly, and it yeah. cared about its characters, and I, I, it really, really grabbed me. It really sold me, and um, and I, and I really had a good time watching it. When I rewatched it for this episode, I enjoyed rewatching it. So you know, mm-hmm. it worked again. You know, I liked the fact that it was like it, it had tropes in it, which was fun, but it also like subverted those tropes. You know, yeah. like when Joel meets Amy, Amy's just like, yeah, I've I've had boyfriends since you, yeah, and instead of being pouty about it, he's like. Yeah, fair enough. This was something I had in my head, you know. I kind of yeah. like that sort of stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah, approached it well. Is yeah, what yeah. So, I yeah, I got nothing but praises for this movie. I mean, there are way better movies out there, don't get me wrong, but they knew what they were doing and they executed it and it was a good time. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to echo a lot of your sentiments. I pretty much have the exact same opinion. Quite like you, I didn't love that. I'm not going to say that this is the best movie of all time. I'm going to say it's mediocre and monsters. But as far <laughs> sure. as this episode, as far as our show, for that matter, as far as our podcast series is concerned, uh, in the echelon of movies, this is going to be one of the better ones that we've covered of this type of genre. So, if Zombieland 2 was more like this movie, I think it would have been overall a, a better movie. Oh, Zombieland 2 sucked. Yeah, exactly. So, Zombieland was everything that this movie wasn't. Zombieland 2, that is, was everything that this movie wasn't. So, Zombieland was sort of riding on this sort of undeserved 
air of arrogance. Mm-hmm. Like, they thought they were king shit and coming back to show everybody, like, what a real sort of apocalyptic comedy movie is. Mm-hmm. And then this movie sort of slid in very unassuming. You and I both thought it wasn't going to be a particularly good movie. And then it ended up surprising us because it was pretty well written. The special effects were pretty good. They weren't, like, terrible. It had so much charm. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, the lead, Joel, was really, really good. Dylan. Wait, Dylan O'Brien, I think yeah, the actor's Dylan name O'Brien. was. I saw him in Maze Runner and I was like, oh, yeah, he was all right in Maze Runner. But I really thought he was really, really strong in this movie. Yeah, I thought he did an okay job. I mean, the character annoyed me, but that was always going to be the case. We knew <laughs> that going in day dot. Yeah, right. Because this is a this is just the standard character of all movies these days. It's the Ryan Reynolds style character. You know what I mean? Uh, like the the offbeat. I kind hero. of saw him as the Tom Holland character. Yeah, exactly. But that's the same thing. It's chalk and cheese. Uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds, Tom Holland. It's like the dorky character who's going out as the reluctant hero and umming and iring his way through an adventure, stumbling over his own fate. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So unless it's The Rock, you're never going to have like your Arnold Schwarzeneggers or your Sylvester Stallone lead no. characters in movies these days so it's either the rock or stumbling awkward nerd who you know is awkward and has a lot of good one-liners yeah exactly and is funny that's like your standard main character so joel very much fit that mold as i said before as i was praising before he actually has a character arc which i appreciated and yeah it's just a fun movie to kill an afternoon Mm. will i watch it again absolutely not I don't, I, I don't have to. And I do like the fact that they kind of had this whole, like, the monsters weren't bad guys. And I know that's like- No. That doesn't sound like an impressive feature of a movie, but this, these kind of movies don't usually go in that direction. And I kind of appreciated that. So, yeah, good job. Would you recommend it for people? Yeah. Like I said, if you've got nothing better to watch. If it's yeah. coming up on your Netflix queue and you're arming and ahhing on whether you should watch it or not because it doesn't look that great- Give it a go. You're going to like it more than you expect, basically. It's definitely a style of movie that not everyone will like, but the people that like yeah. the style of movie, it's probably the better ones that they've that, that have been If you're disappointed by Zombieland 2, you might like this a bit better. If you're going through our archives and watching all of our movies that we predict, this is one of the ones not to miss. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, along those lines, basically. So, what do you, the dear listener, think of Love and Monsters? Have you seen it? It's on Netflix to this day. You can watch it at any point. Watch it for free. Don't be lazy. Yeah, well, you have to pay for Netflix. You should have Netflix. I'm talking to you, the dear listener. You should have Netflix. Oh, well, maybe not. Maybe not put that money into that organization. Do what you want. I have Netflix. Yeah, do what you want. I mean, you're living- You need to have some streaming service. Get on it, okay? But if you have- have DVDs like Kieran. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can't buy Love and Monsters on DVD. (laughs) Uh, If you have any opinions on the movie, you can send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. You can find us at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can hunt us down on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. I think you just search for potential spoilers or something along those lines and- look for our logo we should come up Mm -hmm. or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our podbean site which podbean has made more difficult because you have to have the app on your phone in order to leave a comment on an episode and that's just a pain in the ass thanks podbean if you're browsing on your phone and you happen to have the podbean app it's an easy way to contact us directly you don't have to go through all those other avenues but you know I understand it's a pain in the ass. I just thought I should acknowledge that for everyone because it didn't used to be this difficult, Podbean. What are you doing? So, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. Of course, we're returning after taking a couple of weeks off. We're returning to predicting our movie again. And we love talking about director Netflix movies, don't we? So, <laughs> we're going to be doing that next week when we talk about the upcoming sequel to Enola Holmes, Enola Holmes 2. We threatened we were going to cover this movie a couple of weeks ago, and now we're finally doing it. Mm. So, from Netflix exclusive to Netflix exclusive, Love and Monsters to Enola Holmes 2, we're going to be back next week discussing what we think is going to happen in a sequel to a movie that we've already covered. Yes. That's, uh, yes. Looking forward to that one a lot. So, no, really. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> So until we return for Enola Holmes 2, all you need is love. We're lucky we weren't monsters. You were yelling like a girl. Oh, this is bad. This is so bad. Okay, I don't sound like that. It's, my voice is not that high pitched. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It was higher than mine. And I'm eight. In God's name, you're doing up here alone anyway. I'm not alone. I've got boy too. Oh, wait, no! No, wait, wait! wait. Oh. Oh.